Good morning and happy Tempo Tuesday. It's Mike on the mic. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Tempo, powered by Fresh Junkie Racing. Today's our third installment in the injury prevention and rehab series with Naraj Vora from the Stride Shop and PF. So without further ado, I turn it over to those guys. Hey, good morning and welcome. It's another Tempo Tuesday. My name is Pat Fellows, PF. And I am joined again by one of the owners of the Stride Shop, Niraj Vora. Thank you for being here, my friend. How are you today? Good to be here. Thank you so much. Awesome. Today, we are going to talk about uh, the thing that, I don't know, I, I get this. I think I alluded in one of the other episodes that I'm 52 years old. And I have, I had a different life for a long time. I played music for about a decade and I was about as unhealthy as you can get. Uh, I started running when I was about 30 and from that day forward, I hear, oh, I can't, I'd run, but my knees, oh, I'd run, but my knees, <sighs> oh man, running so bad from your knees. It's not necessarily what we're, the, the knee is where we're going to go, but that I, I heard it just the other day, a guy came in on, you know, and he was in the restaurant and he's eating better. So good. He's trying to live a healthy life. But he's like, man, I can't run anymore. My knees. I'm like. Yeah. Hey man, like if you ran smart, yeah. you started out easy, you, you, your knees would probably build up some strength and they wouldn't hurt anymore and you might lose a little weight and that might actually take some pressure off your knees and, and so on and so forth. So I think the knee is heavily blamed <laughs> for doing nothing, yeah. but when you and I were talking about things that you see a lot of mm-hmm. is knee pain. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think anybody that's run for any period of time has probably had some type of knee pain, whether it's something that you had for a day and it kind of passed or whether it was something that you really struggled with and, um, you know, it can run the gamut. But I think, yes, we quash, uh, let's squash the idea that running is bad for your knees pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, you know, sedentary versus recreational runners, sedentary people versus recreational runners, recreational runners have a a vastly different uh, lower incidence of knee osteoarthritis and right. and, and, and um, uh, age-related changes in the knee. So um, I agree that that's one that kind of will get me on my, on my soapbox. But um, the knee pain that we see in the clinic can be uh, several different things. And so it can be patellar tendonitis or tendinopathy. It can be kind of that classic runner's knee. And it can be your IT band. Um, and so I think it's important that maybe we talk a little bit about what each of those kind of looks like and, and how how we go about maybe treating them a little bit differently. Yeah, so first, uh, uh, I think you, t- you said patella tendonitis. So that's going to be manifest basically right up under the kneecap, correct? On correct. the Like at the top of the shin, for lack of a better Right. So when, so when you kind of run your hand down along your quadriceps, so the top of your thigh, and come over your kneecap as you're running down your leg, just past the kneecap where it goes kind of into that bump on your shin. That's your patellar tendon. Um, and so you'll see patellar tendon in two different, tendonitis, tendinopathy, generally in two places. Um, when it's right below the kneecap, where you can kind of poke at it right below the kneecap, that tends to be more often in sprinters and explosive athletes is okay. where they'll hurt. Yeah. Um, the endurance athletes and the runners will tend to get it kind of 
further down and on the lateral side, so the outside of that tendon, is where you tend to see the most irritation in endurance athletes. Uh, we, and I know we, we were talking to this about the age group. I also see a lot of kids who get the, uh, was it Osgood yeah. slaughter, which we, I, I, essentially it, it manifests the same way as or it has the same symptoms, correct? Sure. Yeah. In a lot of ways. And that's when, so that's when a, a kid has like a growth spurt and the, the, the tendons and ligaments can't keep up with the growth. And yes. so they're just super tight, right? So that essentially that comes from that tendon. So that patellar tendon. Where it, where it kind of attaches to your shin, where you feel that bump, um, it's from that tendon repeatedly being contracted, pulling on that bone. Right. And that bone can't withstand the forces of that tendon pulling. Ah, on gotcha. So you get that irritation. So um, it's kind of a mix of bony and tendony yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. I hate it for those kids. I had a kid grow. I, I kid you not. He's probably 6'3 right now. He's 6'2", 6'3". He's a, a sophomore. But he grew like seven inches yeah. in two years. I mean, it, it, it maybe more. I mean, it was insanity. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're gonna hurt, bud. Yeah. It's just gonna hurt. Yeah. Um. So, what patella tendonitis? It, I mean, uh, essentially, it, it, the the recommendation is is some rest, I would imagine. But how did this is deeper than that? Do you guys, from a, it's my understanding that a lot of the things that you guys do at the stride shop is helping people run through their injuries yeah and i don't mean being idiotic and no, i'm just yeah, going to yeah, run yeah. through this but yeah. not just a hey man shut it down for a month and your patella tendon will feel better yeah well, what's kind of what's kind of that you know if i come in i've got patella tendonitis that you've diagnosed what's the kind of how do you how do you treat that i guess yeah. so you know ranging from a an acute really flared up tendon to something that's been chronic and maybe has been there for say six, seven months, and you're finally like, man, I, I can't take this anymore. We want to find the point at which we can get the most force out of that tendon without flaring it up. So in a very acute case where somebody's so flared up that it's hard to bend and straighten their knee, it may be as simple as like, let's just make sure that you're contracting your quadriceps with your leg straight um, over and over and over. We, we what we know about tendon now, which is an ever kind of evolving process, is that the whole rest, ice, compression stuff yeah. just doesn't exist. Or it shouldn't. Uh, for athletes, it really just sets you back. So we want to maintain as much as we can. And so there may be somebody who's having some patellar tendonitis or tendinopathy, as we, as we may refer to it now, uh, that is still able to run. Like they can tolerate their running if, say, like we, you know, kind of touched on a little bit we talked about cadence maybe if we just adjust their cadence right it changes in a lot of ways sometimes if we put runners on a slight incline on a treadmill versus running outdoors it shifts some of the stress from the knee to the back of the leg into the hamstrings the glute the calf um, so maybe we adjust that way to keep them running and maintain some aerobic fitness maybe it's maybe we do need to change shoes like you've talked about um, and go into a lower drop shoe um, so there are lots of ways that we can adjust, but for the most part, tendon is going to respond well and recover well as if we load the tendon, meaning we make it work. Right. We want it to work as heavily as we can tolerate without flaring it up and then progressively build. 
Well, and that's usually the, and, and I don't know if this is a straight ortho or if it's a PT mindset as well with the kids that have the Osgood's ladder about like doing yeah. stretches every night, like, yeah. and putting pressure on it because it's not, not doing anything. It's not, it's not stretching at all and yeah. not getting any longer. Right. You're losing, you're losing that tendon's capacity to produce force the longer you let it rest. Right. Um, before we dive into any more knee pain, I wanted a, a quick question to you. And so if, in my coaching, I usually tell if you, I'm coaching you and you're like, hey, this is bothering me. Mm-hmm. I'm of the mindset, uh, and this is, the, this is the, a conversation about recognizing discomfort, pain versus injury. As a rule, you know, I, I'd say, does it get better when you're running? Mm-hmm. Does it get worse? You know, if it's a a four out of 10, does it stay at a four and just kind of an annoyance or does it escalate as they go? What is y'all's, your kind of, I mean, that's kind of where I stand. It's like, Hey, there's a difference. There's discomfort. Yeah. There's tightness. Yeah. And then there's injury. Mm -hmm. And usually I say is if it it doesn't get worse while you're running or it's slightly uncomfortable and it stays there, then it's, then it's generally okay. As yeah. soon as it gets worse than like a five, I'm like, shut it down, walk home. Yeah. So I think that if you're, if you're dealing with tendon, it's almost always going to get better as you go. It will feel great once you get going and you'll find, find a kind of settle into a groove. And then generally you'll feel the pain after the fact. Right? Gotcha. And, um, and so if we're working with somebody who's experiencing pain with the tendon, as long as your pain is staying in that three to four out of 10 range, uh, like you said, and it's subsiding in a reasonable amount of time after. relative to what you've done yeah, right. after the fact. So if you go out and you, um, you know, maybe you're a 30 mile a week person, you went out for a two mile run and your pain is six out of 10 and it's not subsiding for a, a day, a two days or whatever. That's, right. that's not a good sign, right? But if it's relative to what you did in your, in your run or your workout, and it's subsiding a couple hours afterwards and kind of returning to your baseline. So if you started your run and you had one, maybe two out of 10 pain, it climbed to a four during your run and then settled back to one or two, say four hours after your run, we can work with that. It still needs work, right? Sure. It needs some rehab outside of, of your running, but we wouldn't for any reason consider shutting you down at that point. Right. Now, if your pain is elevating past those levels, uh, is spiking out of proportion to what you did, or it's just lasting long enough that it's affecting how you move throughout the day. Like you're adjusting how you get in and out of the car. You're adjusting how you, you know, bend over to pick up a a pair of shoes. Um, that's, that's a bigger issue, uh, that we need to talk about modifying training. And maybe that means like some of the things that we touched on or, or decreasing the volume or intensity of what you're doing. Um, and then the last resort would be completely shutting down running. Right. right? Um, so if we can, if we can keep you moving in any way. When, when you, when you have to eventually shut them down running, do you, I tend to put them on a bike mm-hmm. just because there's no impact. Is yeah. that usually if, if they have that option a stationary bike or something like that, Absolutely. just to keep them moving? Keep. Absolutely. I think if we can find a way to maintain any cardiovascular fitness when we're dealing with knee pain yeah. and we can't make the changes we want by modifying their environment. So whether it's surface or shoe or cadence um, or intensity, and we can't, we aren't seeing improvements with those adjustments, then yeah, we're going to the elliptical, we're going yep. to the bike, we're going to the pool. We've got to main, we're going to a rower if they can tolerate a rower and not tolerate running. Like we need to maintain some, 
some strength and, and I do need fitness. to get some of the some information from you not right now but on uh on the using the elliptical correctly I remember having a knee injury or something once and 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 using it and just hating every second of it <laughs> and I just couldn't I couldn't get my heart rate up so I was doing clearly I was doing it wrong because you can get your heart rate up you on can. it yeah, pretty, pretty pretty badly but I'll, that, that'll be another one yeah um so we, we touched on like a patella tendonitis sort of thing. We also talked about what's the, you, you also touched on IT band. Yeah. So the IT band is this really thick band of connective tissue. So, um, it's not a tendon, it's not a ligament. Um, and it goes from your hip, um, kind of up, up on the outside of your hip down across the outside of your thigh and um, attaches in just past your knee, uh, on the outside of your shin. And its main role is to provide stability, stability at the knee and provide this kind of almost like the Achilles tendon that gives you that bounce, that push off. The IT band is similar in that sense um, around your knee. Um, and so we'll see the IT band flare up for a lot of reasons. And one, uh, namely, um, uh, can be just overtraining meaning right. like increased intensity without being ready for it or running a bunch of hills when you uh, you know you you've been training in baton rouge for sure. six months and then you go to colorado and run a, a huge trail race and, and aren't ready for it you know those kinds of things can certainly flare up your uh, it band um and so what we also know is that the foam rolling which we traditionally would do um it can feel good or it can just serve to really aggravate the IT band. Right. Uh, you know, I've had people who are like, Oh, I got to roll it out. And they're in tears. And they're like, I have to do it. I have to do it. And, and uh, you know, that's not a good scenario. Um, but what we do know is that some changes in, in terms of form. So whether that be cadence um, or whether that be talking about step width, which is one of the things that oddly I've seen a lot of in the clinic recently the these runners that come in and you get them on a treadmill and their feet are just crossing over yeah. as they run and we see a lot of that and that doesn't mean you're going to have it band issues but sometimes just a simple cue of you know if there's a an imaginary a one inch line on this treadmill in the middle keep your feet outside of that yeah. or on the track right um, that tends to be a pretty powerful cue for people with it band issues so um, we can try to tackle those but then like you said hip Hip strength and, and mobility is a big issue when it comes to IT band. Problems. Am I correct? And, and I think that I've just seen this or, or read it of late more and more that you really can't roll out or loosen up an IT band, that it's too, it's too, it's too thick or too strong of a bundle that you really can't loosen it that way. And all you're doing is exacerbating the issue. It's like a steel rope, basically, right? right? It's, and that, It's like a steel cable in your leg. And so sometimes like... You know, stretching feels good sometimes, but the fact of stretching for 20, 30 seconds is not changing the length of a muscle fiber. Right. It feels good because it sends these signals to your brain of kind of this relaxation. And foam rolling can be that way in a lot of cases, right? It feels good and it feels looser, but physiologically it's not providing any necessary function that's going to be long lasting. Right. So what is the, besides running on the treadmill and trying to work on form, what's the, uh, what's the way around, you know, what's the path forward? Yeah. I mean, uh, ideally we avoid it by managing our training and, yeah. uh, and not having these spikes, but also it usually responds really well to some, um, some lateral hip strengths, so gluteus okay. medius, gluteus minimus. 
And we've found some success with isometric strength training. So whether that be for the quadricep and holding, say, a single leg squat on a decline or holding a side plank or a single leg bridge. We as runners get this kind of repeated plyometric activity Straight all ahead. the time, right? Yeah. Straight ahead, baby. Yeah, That's all I can exactly. do. Exactly. And so changing the stimulus, uh, meaning like I'm going to get a muscle uh, to a very high level of contraction and hold it in that position, um, generally gets a good response when we're dealing with those things. Not to say that you should see that in a week or two sure. weeks. But, um, but yeah, we tend to have success doing starting with those things. And, and that's the thing, right? Like everybody wants to come in and be fixed. And all of these types of things, when, you know, once a tendon gets to the point that it hurts that badly, yeah. it takes a while for it to go down. Yeah, because right? you probably, at that point, the, the quality of the collagen tissue in a tendon will start to degrade yeah. um, fairly early on in the course of a tendon-related pain. And so you're not just talking about, oh, it hurts, I'll, I'll pop some anti-inflammatory and it'll be better. You've, you've actually created some change in the structure of that tendon. Right. And if you don't address that, uh, you know, Chris, Chris Johnson, who's a, who's a colleague of mine who I've learned a lot from, um, will say that you're only as good as the last injury that you've rehabbed. Right. And so, right. um, if you don't, if you go through something and you're at 95% and you haven't rehabbed it, well then the next time something happens, then you're, maybe you're at 90% right. and you're just kind of up uh, climbing uphill all the time. The, yeah, th- that, that notion of being better and and being oh, I'm 100 percent now like yeah it, it, that's an that's another discussion for for because it applies to a lot of different things right mm-hmm. like you think oh uh, you know I, I ran yesterday but then I stayed up till midnight and, <laughs> you know I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and I'm gonna be yeah 100 percent right or counting mileage and just arbitrarily saying well on Monday my week starts over yep. well not if you ran 17 miles on Sunday right like it's Absolutely. not it's not how that works yeah <laughs> but. That's another thing that I, I get going on. But uh, when I had an IT problem once and I did some work and it was more, it was like, it was more soft tissue work on my calves. And that seemed to pull away or loosen up. I, maybe I don't know where, I know it inserts on the, on the outside of the knee mm-hmm. by the calf. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, it was amazing to me, but like I had been rolling out doing all these different things. And finally, when I started working on my Achilles and my calves, all of a sudden it went away it was which was an i'd never heard of but you know it's interesting certainly not I, i've certainly had that you know the the oh i'm gonna roll it out you know up near your hip or that and been like in tears like that didn't help <laughs> it's brutal so you know sometimes it, by addressing some of these issues um in a roundabout way so maybe the Maybe your calf was not producing as much of the spring as you needed with each step, and so the IT band was doing responsible for more of that kind of push off and, right. and led. You know, who knows? Sometimes we don't know why it is that something works. But right. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, and and I try to go with this. And again, look, I am sitting with somebody who has a lot of science background and who's got. I mean, you're a doctor in PT. Yeah. I have none. <laughs> I've been a runner for 20 years. And so right. a lot of the things that I think are experience-based kind of anecdotal and things that I've seen success in. So I'm always going to defer, but I'm always, you know, I'm always amazed and always try to remember like, Hey man, like your hips are connected to your quads mm-hmm. and you know, the, your glutes are connected and your feet, like something in your foot can affect your hip. Mm-hmm. And that, 
so when something like my calves made my T-band feel better, I, I'll tell somebody, hey, stretch your calves. What can it hurt? Mm-hmm. Right? You know what I mean? So it's a mindset of like everything is chained together. Yeah. And, you know, and even up to your core, everything. Like, and so, and trying to have that, again, I don't know, maybe a commonsensical approach to like, as long as we're not overdoing things, like some of these things don't necessarily, aren't, don't hurt. Right. Well, I like, think you nailed it. I think that it's one thing for us to have this, you know, what the literature says and what evidence says, and this is a muscular origin and insertion. And that's one thing. But if we listen hard enough, a lot of the times when we have runners come in who have been running for some time or have some experience, they'll pretty much tell us what's going on. They may just need us to kind of confirm it. But you, I think you're right. Somebody who's dealing with IT band issues who comes in and complains of, yeah, and you know, my calves have always just been tight. And, you know, that's to me, my ears perk up. Yeah. My radar starts going. And, and if we listen enough we to people who know their bodies, right, you're going to find out some things that right. aren't. And they, in they're the going to tell you something that they didn't make the connection with. Right. But, you know, you, you're, you could probably make a, a connection with some sort of tightness somewhere that's causing something in their knee immediately. Yeah. I hope right. So. Like, and, and, but that, that they never put two and two together or right. something in their foot or something in their ankle. Like this is hurting and this and like, okay, well maybe, maybe those are related Yeah, and learning to listen. I, again, I, I know I, I keep going back to the high school kids and the high school kids. The reason why I keep going back to it is we have the opportunity when we work with them to teach them how to recognize the, the relationship between the things that are happening to their bodies and what they're doing and, you know, how they can feel and how they can adjust their things. Like teaching those, how teaching them to think about how to connect those things mm-hmm. is so is, is super cool to me. You, you get it with, with adults, some, but kids, you can see the light bulbs, Yeah, you know, like yeah. we do this one little thing, like, um, for some of my kids who like who tend to go out too fast or they're, you know, they got a 400 to go and they've just like, they've crumpled down like 400 to go in a race of, of, of getting upright and pulling their shoulders back and taking a deep breath and then going and they go, Oh, I feel great when I do that. I love that. And that, and I'm telling them that all the time, like yeah. posture, posture. So it's these little things and teaching these connections and Hey man, maybe cause your foot hurts. Maybe that's why your ankle hurts or maybe your calf is hurting is, you know, is related to why your shins are hurting. And you know, like, all the things that are related. So, well, I think, you know, I feel like everybody who played sports growing up, you can remember a high school coach of yours that had some effect on you for sure. And it's just such a moldable time. And so to have role models like yourself and people who are just kind of doing it the right way, those kids are going to learn a ton in that time. And if we have enough uh, time, energy, resources to, to, to give to those kids, it's going to make a difference for a long time. Well, and I think, you know, ultimately what it does too, is it improves their performance mm-hmm. and which pushes the buttons that they want. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so that, that they, they, once they start making these connections, they can do that. And, and it helps, you know, again, I've got kids that get injured. Like I, my foot hurts. Okay. Well, I need more specifics, <laughs> right? Like I need a little bit more than my foot hurts. You might like, get more. Where is it? Not. Where does it hurt? Why? You know, you know, does it get better? Like uh, talking them through all those things. And I would think that that's probably adults too. Yeah. I just oh, probably, yeah. I'm just dealing with kids more often face to face every day of the week for most of the year. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, you know, and in adults, it's sometimes just that they don't want to say, cause that means that, cause maybe they've been, they've been told so many times that if something hurts, they just can't run. And so you just ignore it for right. so long, you know, it's like, 
like you said, there's an art to kind of building the rapport with people enough to trust. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We we talked about patella tendonitis. We talked about IT band. I went off on a tangent like I normally do. <laughs> and uh, but what was the last one? You had mentioned one other Just, knee problem that you see a lot: runner's knee. Yeah, general runner, runner's knee tends to be this kind of um, garbage can for lots of different things that can happen at the knee. Um, and so, generally, it, it may be a very vague pain usually on the inside of the knee that runners experience and that's the one a lot of the times that we can capture by addressing cadence if somebody's running cadence is below 165 i tend to to address it and you can also um those also tend to be the people who are maybe more beginners yeah in running whose bodies are adapting to the loads and forces that running requires. Um, and in, the, in a lot of those people, a simple group of exercises is, is all they need. They just need a different stimulus rather than the pound. Keep going. Right. Yeah. And so it may be just some bridges and some hip strengthening and a hamstring stretch and balance on one leg because you can run five miles, but you can't stand there on your leg for five seconds. Right? We do, we do a thing called, I call them around the world. And it's basically a lunge progression. So it's a step forward, back, step to the side, back, mm-hmm. step back, and then switch legs and do it. And so one of them is one revolution. Yeah. And you watch them go. I mean, every kid and every adult, anybody that does them is going to get at one point of that and just completely fall apart. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, yeah. and, and you can, and it's a good example to say, Hey, this is why I'm telling you to do, mm-hmm. well, you can keep doing these, yeah. but the other things that we do for, you know, for strength and mobility, like this is why, because you have this weakness. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing just to, to, I'm sure you have like nine or 10 different things you go, all right, I want you to do this. And then they, you know, I, you know, a, like when you're trying to sh- see if somebody pronates, I mean, just have them stand like a flamingo yeah. and bare feet and watch them. They just crumple. Going to physical therapy, I think can be pretty humbling for some runners. Yeah. Right? My job in a lot of ways is to find things that are wrong with people. And so yeah. I, I make it clear that, you know, there's a lot going on that's right maybe, but these are the things that are probably leading you down this path or whatever. But, um, yeah, there are a lot of things that we can all work on. It's finding the right group of things to get you out of this rut and move you forward before you start working on the next group of things to keep you moving forward, right? Last thing, uh, with all of the things, so we touched on patella tendonitis, we touched on IT band, we touched on runner's knee. What do you recommend? So let's say they don't have a coach. You don't mm-hmm. have somebody to bounce stuff off because most of the I would argue that probably 75% of the running public doesn't have anything. Yeah. They don't, you know, they just go online or yeah. they look at, at something. Again, no, no hard and fast rules of thumb, but when when should somebody say, hey, this is, I need to go see somebody about this? Because right. that's the thing. I, I think that there's a tendency with the runners, like you said, I'm going to run through it. I'm right. going to, oh, I don't want to miss a day. I don't do this, blah, blah, blah. And now they're, they're too far gone. What do you... If you're talking to the public and you're saying, hey, yeah, sure, I want you to come see me, but go see somebody if X persists for how long yeah. and at what level. What, what, do you, what is your usual kind of re- recommendation? Yeah, so one, I think the biggest thing is that, I mean, if your pain gets to a level at which it's affecting how you move throughout your day, not running, but like, you know, stepping in and out of the shower, going down the stairs at, a, at, a, at your home, um, putting on a pair of pants or shorts, you know, if, if your pain is, is affecting daily living, that's uh, sign number one. Number two, if you're not, if you're just not training at a level that you want to be, 
there's nothing wrong with seeking some advice at that point. And say you're still running, but your knee pain is maybe not allowing the intensity or the frequency of your running. That's a, I'd say that's a good sign to get some help at that point. The earlier you can catch it, generally, the better. Um, but I think pain intensity and um, and when it occurs is the biggest thing, right? If your pain intensity on that scale is 0 to 10, if it's getting to a point where that pain feels like it's wanting to make you stop doing the right. things. So five, six, those are high levels of pain. Um, and if you're having the pain only with running and nothing else, but it's at a high level, that's a good reason. Um, but if you're starting to have pain at times outside of running or just like it's consistent, it always sets in at 15 minutes into my run and then doesn't go away or sets in at mile five of my run and it doesn't go away or it sets in at five minutes and it doesn't go away. If it's just consistently there, um, and none of what you're doing to adjust is changing, that's a good reason to seek some advice. Awesome. Well, look, we are wrapping up. We, we, we aimed at these being 15 minutes and each one of them has gone a little bit longer. And I'm, <laughs> I'm stoked about that because again, you know, as you can see, once we start talking about these things, yeah. I, I get more ideas and I get more things and the things that I want to talk about that I haven't had the opportunity to, to, to have those conversations. So I really appreciate your time. Y'all please check out the stride Correct. Yep. Instagram at the stride shop. And the email is the stride Awesome. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Perfect. <laughs> uh, I'm Pat Fellows for Fresh Junkie Racing. Thanks to Niraj Vora of the Stride Shop. And y'all have a great Tempo Tuesday. Hey, gang. Mike on a mic back here again. Big thanks to Niraj Vora from the Stride Shop for today's episode, as well as the entire series of injury prevention episodes that he and PF did. Lots of great information about injury prevention, injury rehab, dispelling myths around running injuries. Uh, They discussed foam rolling, IT bands, warm-ups, etc. So again, if you didn't listen to the first two episodes and you just caught today's, highly recommend going back and checking out those other two. If you do find yourself injured or are um, fighting off maybe an injury that might be coming on, highly recommend reaching out to them. Uh, the Stride Shop is not a sponsor of Fresh Junkie Racing, but Naraj was so generous as to uh, give us enough time to get in three episodes, and so I really appreciate that. Um, please go ahead and check them out. They have offices in New Orleans and in Baton Rouge, and the goal is to keep you healthy, keep you out on the roads, or get you back out on the roads so we can see you at more of our Fresh Junkie Racing events. Speaking of events... Next up is going to be the Baton Rouge General Mardi Gras Mambo registration launch. Carnival season starts early. In fact, it starts next Monday, October 2nd, with the launch of the Mambo. For three days only, you can sign up for the 10K. Ready for this, guys and girls? 10K, you can sign up for only $20. The 15K is $25, and of course, we've got the Raising Cane's One Mile And that is only $15, and that is available for three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So do not miss out on that registration value, registration deal of a lifetime. Three days only, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, October 2nd, 3rd, and 4th at runmambo.com. Get signed up. Be ready for Mardi Gras Mambo in 2024. And we certainly appreciate you joining us for this episode of The Tempo, powered by Fresh Junkie Racing. Please like, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast. And if you have friends that have been dealing with any sort of injuries, please share this episode with them. 
Next up will be the North Shore Half Marathon Race Preview next Tempo Tuesday, so we will see you then.